Well, it's Monday, and it's the day after the Super Bowl, and uh, we are with the Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, and the Canadian Native Mike Tomlin. Oh, yeah, oh man. There it is. Oh, that, that is big shoes to fill. Yeah, we talking no BS on this pod today no. because no shot. We had ourselves a very good Super Bowl game, sir. Yeah, absolutely great. I would say probably the best one since the last Eagles Super Bowl. Funny, is the first time in I can't tell you how long that I didn't watch any of the uh, pre-Super Bowl, like pre-game, yeah. any of that. I like went straight, like first, like the 10 minutes, like right before. So I saw like the national anthem and the flyover and the, by the way, I was scared as all get out when I saw Sirianni crying on the sideline and Jason Kel- Kelsey crying on the sideline. I was scared. I was like, oh, I might've went wrong. Yeah. On the pick. Oh man, that oh. that Sirianni crying picture might might just turn into the new crying Jordan. He kind of set himself up for that, unfortunately. Though it was a powerful in the moment for some. It, it not sure it's going to age the greatest. Hey man, you know what? If my man's, if that's what he's all about, I. No issue with it whatsoever. Oh no, 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 no! I'm not saying I have an issue with it. I'm, I just like the fact it was cat, like his picture was captured in such a visual way. That's gonna be used as a reaction photo, no matter what, for the rest of time. It's no fault of his own. It just like is the way events unfolded. So. Before we get into all the Super Bowl pomp and circumstance and break down this game and what have you, um, we, we had the Friday podcast, and at that time, we really didn't talk a lot about the Super Bowl. Yeah. We talked a lot about something that, to me, was more important. Um, me too. We seem to gotten great response uh, on this end. I've talked to like a couple people, and they seemed really enjoy the pod but for clarity's sake mr nico what was your pick for the super bowl game i picked the eagles beforehand okay and i went with kansas city i said he's still superman yeah oh yeah, and that was that was my qualifier at the time too. I picked the Eagles because I felt like they had a better team overall. I still feel that way, but just the best player in the sport is on the other sideline with a guy who seems to have some of the infinity stones. He's <laughs> whooping our ass. And uh, despite at, at man, as soon as he came back out after the ankle injury at halftime, I knew they were going to win because Mahomes being kind of locked in that pocket we've seen at this point when he is moving around a little less, he's better. So I, yeah, that 
absolutely great game. Shout out to Patrick. He he did the best we could have ever hoped for. What America, Australia, South Korea, hmm? and other countries are worried about right now, Nico. Yeah. Including your own home country of Canada. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, Shannon. Yeah. Did you yeah. lose your shirt over the weekend? <laughs> no. And <laughs> no, no, no. I I put a, a decent amount of money out. Uh, I I was gambling pretty heavy for the Super Bowl. I was excited about it, and all in all, because I did have one <clears throat> long shot bet for the Chiefs to win and the score to be over seventy. I was able to recover absolutely well, not absolutely everything I bet, but by the end of the Super Bowl, I came out down 31 cents. So oh, break even basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As close as as close as you're gonna get for sure. <laughs> well, that's good because we have a wedding to plan for and we can't be we that, can't be in debt. I should have no been ball. better on the bets. The the you gotta gamble to pay for the wedding. At That's right. Time. That's right. Come over to your boy's side, man. Just yeah. come over. It's okay. <laughs> the water's nice. You know, everything's great. We're getting there. All right. I have a theory for you that I want to run past you. I'm here for it. Um I thought about this late last night. Okay. Now, here's the best part about it. Full disclosure. This pod was written, like, right after the Super Bowl. I had some closing thoughts, you know, on two quarterbacks and game and whatever and stuff like that. But then late night, after hours, something hit me. Mm-hmm. And I had to get some yarn and some thumbtacks mm-hmm. and had to piece some stuff together. So this is what I come up with. And I like the, I like your uh, response. Okay. I think the whole season was a huge Andy Reid experimental season leading up to this moment. Kansas City trades Tyreek Hill away and then you see Reed exploring the running game early in the season with Edward Solaire and seventh round rookie uh Pacheco who tore it up all preseason so preseason is not completely useless just by the way no then by late season the run game was a change up and it wasn't a repeatable weapon for them but Reed adds a jet sweep back in with McKinnon and Sky Moore to open up the middle of the field for Kelsey and the Yak receivers, Tony and uh, Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. By the time the Kansas City offense hits the Super Bowl, even with a hampered QB, we have an offense that exploits the middle of the field and Pacheco is a fully trusted member of the offense. So now Mahomes isn't just a jet bomber. Now Mahomes has a drone setting now. So he can throttle down and be a complete surgeon 
and Andy Reid is now the new Bill Belichick. Thoughts on my theory? I, I think a lot of your theory holds water for sure. He it does seem like the season was experimental overall and they figured out a new way to make this offense work without quite the same weapons as before. <clears throat> Though I still believe they they have the best quarterback in the league, obviously, but they also have the best tight end in football and that's helped them a whole lot with, the absolute lack of wide receivers they've had. They've always had Kelsey to rely on. But the Andy Reid becoming the new Bill Belichick, the only hang-up with that is it came out before the Super Bowl, like right before the Super Bowl, that he may be considering retirement after this game. Wow. And yeah, I I hope not as well, but that's something we might have to be looking at because Andy's been around a minute now. Now he's got two rings. Uh, we'll have to see. There's a lot of good barbecue in Kansas City for Andy Reid to eat, and I'm sure that we can make him a good cheeseburger in Kansas City. Uh I, I'm not sure the food was really his concern. I think it's more the years. I don't know. We'll see. But here's the other thing. I, would, I, I, I placed all this together late last night, right? I went back over the chief season. And I remember, obviously, you just being all over Pacheco, like even like in fantasy and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you were yeah. like talking about him. And I was like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then – I started watching the games, and I saw that they tried to kind of not do traditional running game, and then, you know, the run will set up the pass. No, it was still Mahomes. It was still, you know, the electric, you know, connection that he has with Kelsey. But Mm -hmm. you could see different aspects. It was like, hey, listen, we can't go lightning speed because we don't have – Tyree kill. We have to change our offense and we have to change yeah. our DNA. And I think Andy from week one to week eight was really just throwing like different things into the chemistry set to see how the offense would react to it. And then I think he settled on, okay, I don't know if we can run the football. I don't know if we just have – we don't have enough physicality. I don't know what it is. But yeah. what we can do is misdirection and a lot of formation changing. Mm-hmm. And with that, that will cause some sort of running game because ultimately the goal is to get the ball to our best weapon, which is Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> with guys like Sky Moore and Isaiah Pacheco, the Chiefs are kind of moving into an interesting area where they're, it seems in the last couple drafts anyways, they're prioritizing versatility amongst their options in a similar way to how Kyle Shanahan does so with guys like Debo Samuel. And why that makes your team so deadly is not 
necessarily pre right before the snap, but before that, when the defensive coordinator has to call a play and send a group out there and he's not sure what formation you're going to come out in because you have multiple guys who can play multiple positions. Well, you could send Sky Moore and Pacheco out of no one in your backfield, or you could send them out in the field and have them both in your backfield. And it completely perplexes uh, opposing teams if they continue to double down on this style and maybe get the elusive guy, I think every team's looking for like that six, two receiver who can also do stuff in the backfield. It, it could be game over for the rest of the league. Wow. Well, you even like future thought this out. I was just thinking what I was seeing in real time. Look at you. Big brain on you today, sir. Oh, man. Well, they they went and got a guy from Clemson in last offseason in Justin Ross. And he slowed way down post-injury. But that first popped into my head with their team when they signed Justin Ross. Because I remember early Justin Ross at Clemson being like massive but also kind of bursty and i was wondering like i want i'm not sure if they could use a player like that in the backfield but if they find like the next cordero patterson type where yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be curtains so the search for the bigger version of debo is on I think that's on across the league. That's going to be the prototype most teams are going to be hunting for now. So, uh, like, I, I I think guys in that range are going to get drafted a lot higher. Yo, so we're going to see, like, um, we're going to see, like, really uber-athletic point guards that, that can't shoot coming mm. to football. Basically, that's, like, what what the equivalent would be. I would think well, athletic point guards who can't shoot, uh, to me, that's like a rushing quarterback who can't throw very well. No, 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 yeah. no. I'm talking about for the actual prototype. Like, they can dunk, right? So he lost yeah. threads and stuff. Oh, okay. So, oh, so those, now you got the, the, you got the, the actual physical build. The physical build. Yeah, yeah, that's probably more along the range, especially those new, like, Baker point guards that we've had coming recently. So that, yeah, I I agree with that. So college football, I can see Nick Saban right now. There's some kid, there's some kid in the Alabama gym breaking free throws. Yeah. <laughs> Coaches all over him. <laughs> there's Nick Saban looking at him, got the tape measure out. Okay, he's like, he's just tall enough. He's he's six two, like, and an eighth. Yeah. And then he goes over to the coach. It's like, what kind of weight program is he on? Well, you know, he's a sophomore. He's still, you know, he's about one ninety. And my savings like salivating. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the dream, man. <laughs> We we need to yeah we need to find that next guy. I'm going to be on the lookout in this year's draft for sure. 
do me a favor. So we're doing production on the po- on the pod again. This has yeah. become like a staple. Maybe like flesh this out and like mm-hmm. give us a complete like full tilt attribute list, almost like a Madden rating. Oh, like <laughs> like custom make this player. The well, but also worded. You know, and then we yeah. can put it on the on the website. Yeah, I could I could work on something like that. That maybe we can a screenshot a, a actual guy you did make on Madden, <laughs> since yeah. we have the technology. Well, well, we do we do have that technology. Unfortunately, though, uh, it kind of limits you the Madden builder. Well, we'll try and figure no, it out. Particularly, the AI the AI builder doesn't though. Yeah, we'll we'll work it. <laughs> we'll work it out. We'll work it. I would just like to tell the audience that this uh, this podcast is AI free. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, so far, organic podcast using the the bright minds that you hear right now. Well, maybe mm-hmm. one bright mind and an, a dull a- aging mind. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can get to this game. All right, so the game kind of went exactly how I kind of saw it going, except mm-hmm. for everybody's been talking about it, the non-existent pressure that Philadelphia got on Mahomes, who was a sitting yeah. dog back there. Yeah, I guess that surprised me a little bit, but realistically there wasn't a lot of pressure on either side in the game and I wouldn't have expected it seeing the two arguably best offensive lines in football coming to play and they're both completely healthy which isn't something you often see in the Super Bowl the offensive line is a position that's notorious for injuries but uh, both teams were able to make it here and keep their quarterbacks protected. So we, I think we saw two sacks in the game as a whole, like one for each team. Or it was, was, literally, it was one sack, and it was oh, that Jalen Hurts wasn't really oh, a sack. He scrambled. and Yeah, and then got, like, drugged down, yeah, at one sack in the whole game. So that, that goes to kind of show you building through the trenches as much as, like, Philadelphia's pass rush – it helped get them to the Super Bowl. It, in the end, I think it was their offensive line that was the tiebreaker. And again, this leads back to my theory. This whole year was basically to get to this point because Mahomes was at a point mm-hmm. where he was just sitting back there and it was just just think, 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 think. No problem. No yeah. issue whatsoever. We don't have to worry about this. We're going to get the ball out quick. And he's never really going to be in jeopardy at all. Mm-hmm. You never saw, you, unless he moved out of the pocket, you didn't see him stand in that pocket for more than three seconds ever. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm gone or this wall is gone. One of yeah. the two. So he was offset with that. Now, what did you think of the 45-yard bomb by Jalen Hurts? to AJ Brown to make it 14-7 in the uh in the second quarter. Absolutely beautiful throw. Hurts had a few of those in this game. He definitely was showing out as well. He's got a bit more of a gunslinger side to him in his pro career than he ever did in his college career. 
and it's definitely paying dividends. There was also that other throw to Devonta Smith that went far down the field that ended up being ruled an incompletion because there wasn't a football move, I guess. But I I thought that at the time that was a catch, and it was another masterful throw by Hertz. I. <laughs> I kept saying this throughout the game and leading up to this game. This is not going to be the last time we see these two teams go head to head in the Super Bowl. I'm very convinced of that at this point. And these two quarterbacks maybe will go head to head for MVP more times in the future as well. Yeah, we got to do better on the pre-production meeting because I was going to talk about that. But I have some soliloquies that we will talk about, but we're going to get back into this game. The next Mm -hmm. big play was the Hurts fumble. Now, Nick Bolton scoops it up, scoop and score. We're tied at 14. And Mm -hmm. now Kansas City has life. At that point, where were you? What were you feeling? To be honest, the uh, the second it happened, uh, my my guy Zach, noted Eagles fan, was very upset. But it kind of felt like okay, I was waiting for something like this to happen. Now the game started when the Nick Bolton scoop and score happened, and then the rest of the like, even though. This game didn't go the way I predicted. It kind of went the way I expected. So it's not, uh, it wasn't that jarring to me at the time. That leads me to my next one. The The next drive after mm-hmm. the scoop and score, it's a fourth and five at the 45. Yeah. Jalen Hurts draw play for 26 yards, right? Mm-hmm. 12 plays, 75 yards, capped by a four-yard touchdown by Hertz, who had three in the game, which ties the Super Bowl record for uh, Terrell Davis for most rushing touchdowns in the game, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the poise that this kid showed after that play, which I don't care who you are, this is his first time in the Super Bowl. It's not like he is some 10-year vet. He did not melt in the no. in this under these circumstances whatsoever. No. Now <laughs> we uh it gets to it gets to 24-14 at half. And the thing that I wrote down was Let's see how Mahomes comes out in the second half. It wasn't yeah. whether he what, what would he come out. Let's mm-hmm. see how he comes out. He was gimpy the whole game. He was gutting it out. Um, Absolutely. The the scramble for fourteen yards mm-hmm. was ridiculous. Um. We had some, we just had, we had a lot of like just crazy plays. Now, the thing that everybody wants to focus in on is the penalty. (laughs) Yeah. My thoughts on the penalty. Brutal call. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
but they were in field goal. Yeah. They were in field goal range anyway, or call doesn't get made, kick the field. You you have more time on the clock, obviously, so it does help you there. Mm-hmm. But even Bradbury said he held him. Yeah, no, so, he definitely did. It was obvious on the field. Like, eight, for sure, it was ticky-tack, it, not a call you necessarily have to make. But there's no world where you can say that he wasn't violating the rules because he was. But to be honest, like, the, I, I feel two different ways about this ref stuff. Like, I hate when we're in late-game situations and refs try to make the games about themselves, for sure, because we've seen it happen before. It's It's very frustrating. But also, like, refs are part of the game. They're not perfect. If the NFL isn't going to invest more money in referees, this, like, mistakes are going to keep happening and happening and happening. So... It's par for the course. I feel like everyone's kind of on an equal playing field with it. You just got to take some bumps at certain times. In in bigger games, if you get screwed by the refs a couple times, it can suck, but it, it is what it is. I agree with you. Honestly, like I said, there are so many other critical points, and let's finish mm-hmm. out those points, and then I'll make my point on the quarterbacks after. Um, it's twenty seven twenty one. So we move, we move far ahead. Um, third and three. Kadarius Tony motions out, sort of, and then kind of drifts back. Yeah, and he's wide open. Touchdown. Twenty eight twenty seven. She's at that point. Then Jalen hurts sits there and I'm thinking, okay, is this the moment? Is this the moment? They get the ball back. Kadaris Tony again shows up big, gets the 65-yard punt return. Mm-hmm. It's now 35-27. And I'm thinking, okay, we're gonna find out what this kid is made of. He drove him right down the field. Right down the field. Yeah. And the throw <laughs> the throw there was two throws. The the throw to um to to Devontae Smith was stupid. That was yeah. that was that was crazy. And then he scored another touchdown. And then he scores the two-point conversion, man. I'm like, th- there's nothing. It's if they win, he's the MVP. And like mm-hmm. this goes down in like Super Bowl lore. Because he did everything for that team. He did. You know, and then we get to the point where Bradbury, penalty, blah, blah, blah. But the Chiefs were driving, and the game ended up 38-35. Did you have any other, like, game thoughts that came out of this that you were like – Huh, you know, like anything interesting that you thought of? Um, uh, You touched on him a little bit, but shout out to Nick Bolton having an absolutely great game. Not only on the scoop and score, but just overall, he was all over the field <clears throat> dealing with the uh, 
Philadelphia passing game and Jalen Hurts himself being on contain on him occasionally. Um, the other thing that stood out to me a lot that uh, I guess wasn't really expected was it seems like Kenneth Gainwell was the number one running back for the Eagles from the start. Like, what are you guys doing at that position that you just flipped these three guys around? It didn't seem like anyone could get going at all. And it makes me curious, like, if you gave Gainwell more opportunities throughout the year, does he develop into a better player and make more of an impact in this game for you to, like, just throw him into the fire like that? I know he played a bits and pieces and earlier in the game bits and pieces in the first two playoff games as well but uh i felt like he could have been a a bigger factor than he was and just it finding the right way to involve them might be a priority for them next year so this might also be a fantasy football take to look into kenneth gainwell next year but i I was just kind of surprised by that. Caught me off guard. Did they trust him more in um, blitz pickup? I'm not sure, to be honest, because they, it, as the game got more serious, they kind of went back to Miles Sanders at times. Mm-hmm. So they they were playing a pretty even. S- split. I wanna. I'm curious to see what the snap share would be after this game. Also. Uh, Boston Scott should not be running the ball in the Super Bowl. No, 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 no. He is Mr. Sirian. You what you what you do is you only use him against the Giants. (laughs) Yeah, he works well against the Giants. And he's a he's a good special teamer. He he's a good third running back if you're in a pinch. But like, I he shouldn't be acquiring carries in a game of this magnitude. So I thought there was a little bit of mismanagement in the Philadelphia backfield overall. That's like the only real other takeaway I had from the game Um, that kind of, that would be the only thing I would say I saw in the game that I didn't expect to see Mm -hmm. going in. Besides Juju was a little more involved than I anticipated as well. That was nice to see. That's why I kind of went back over the year. That's what made me that's what made me pause because if you look at the stats and I understand that that was the other thing. And let's talk about it right now. The time of possession in the first half and through the end of the third quarter was ridiculous. It was 60 plays to 30 at one point, mm-hmm. Philadelphia to Kansas City. And it was something like almost like a 20 minute split. On the yeah, actual time of possession, it, it, it kind of gave Patty some time to heal up, if I'm honest. <laughs> it's what it felt like because he came out able to run. He didn't look like he was able to run when he first got up from the ankle injury. Which leads me to the quarterbacks, which leads me back to Friday, which leads me back to your thought of doing something on a black quarterback Every week and since, in a sense, we're going to start off with this historic event. This is what I will consider our black quarterback minute. Okay. 
Yeah. So here's my thoughts of the game, and here's my thoughts of the two quarterbacks. And this is stuff that I wrote down as I was going. This was actually the, the opening mm-hmm. that I was going with until I had that epiphany late last night. Mm-hmm. The, the X-Files epiphany. Um, both quarterbacks did everything they could to win this game. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, for what he did in this game, he has nothing to be ashamed of. He can help hold his head, head up high. He did mm-hmm. everything in his power for his team to win that football game. He was the driving force. Um, it just it's unfortunate that Mahomes is a demigod. Yeah. I mean, literally. <clears throat> his play in the Super Bowl was dynamic. He showed a lot of poise, even after adversity. I'm talking about Hurts here. Um it would be a complete understatement to talk about his poise. But his toughness and his leadership just poured out onto that field. Is there a question about whether he's going to get paid? Is there a question about whether have the Philadelphia Eagles found their quarterback? Is there a question now? Mm, no, I I don't think like he he kind of ended that specific question I would say week 10 about uh, this season, but now it's that that door is emphatically closed. He continued his success throughout the postseason as well. And again, I will say three rushing touchdowns. First of all, broke a record for quarterbacks, but I think that's I'm not sure any quarterback has more than three total rushing touchdowns in Super Bowls, like spanning multiple games, not single game. Right. No, he's far. Yeah, far and away. He might Mm -hmm. get to more of these and add to that. Yeah. So he went he went into the Super Bowl record book and also uh Philadelphia fans, Eagle fans, you guys should be one hundred percent sold on your guy. You found him. Uh, it was a long winding road to find him. I understand mm-hmm. that. Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, <laughs> all mm-hmm. the rest of the crew. But you got him. So that's that's a if you walk out of this Super Bowl with that type of game and you find oh. out a, a lot about this kid like this, it's a win. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, this was a hard one to lose as far as the game is concerned. Yeah, it definitely was. That I I couldn't agree more. He knocked everything out of the park. He did like he lived up to the moment and he fed his best options on his team. This is literally like he executed basically perfectly. Um, I, I did just look up the, there is one quarterback with more cumulative rushing touchdowns in Super Bowls than Jalen hurts. It's my, our boy, John Elway who has four, but he played in five total Super Bowls. Tom Brady's played in 10 of them and he's got significantly less rushing touchdowns than Jalen hurts. So that goes to show you how impressive the performance was. Yeah. Tom Brady misses leg day. <laughs> yeah. 
definitely. I I oh, metrics. I heard a lot of buzz about changing the quarterback sneak rule. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. I too. I'm wondering if they'll do it uh, because they basically throw Jalen over the line, and it works every time. But I I wonder if they're gonna kind of edit that rule. Competition committee has its chance to do so, mm-hmm. but in until they do, you know what? Kudos to, to Sirianni. Time. Yeah, kudos to Sirianni and kudos to Jalen Hurst to put his body on the line to, to get his team um the the best advantage he could possibly get to win a football game. I'm yeah. never I'm never going to listen. If you're not cheating, you're you're not trying. Yeah, no, no, they're definitely not even cheating. Like, they're just so effective that the league might need to change the rules. This is like making the lane wider for Wilt, whatever you want to say about basketball that's, or football. That's just what it is. Um, I think it's – you were mentioning his health with those plays. I think one of the reasons it's particularly impressive is because the offensive linemen generally get so much clearing room, you almost don't even risk injury with Jalen Hurts. He's just – you're just throwing him forward, and he's just laying down on the floor. Like, it, it's not much – going on in the way of actual physical contact for your quarterback. So I like that was one of the bonuses I've seen from this sneak play since early in the year. They found the cheat code in the video game and I'm cool with that. So I'm going to move to Mahomes. I mean, there's so many uh, superlatives that we've hurled at this man, but uh, <clears throat> let me uh, hurl a couple more. Um, Mahomes is as complete as a quarterback in the league as as we have. Uh, Mahomes came out and made throws from the shotgun because he couldn't plant on the ankle. He just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Found a way to maneuver his body to get throws off to be effective. Yeah. But anything super down the field – wasn't really working, but he found a way to win. Um, we knew about the talent. We knew about the off-schedule wizardry. We knew about the different arm angles and the different hands he used to throw the football. Mm-hmm. What we now know <laughs> is Mahomes can win any way you want. That team ran for 158 yards. They outrushed the Philadelphia Eagles, Nico. They did. And Mahomes, when he needed it, timely mm-hmm. runs. Gutsy runs. Yep. 26-yard run. That Damn impressive. That's was, was that not the longest rush of the day, or did Hertz get one longer than that? Oh, yeah, he did. He got Hertz, one to yeah. 28. Mahomes all year adapted without Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. In this game, Mahomes adapted by leaning on his teammates in all phases of the game. 
So when Mahomes couldn't rely on his superior athleticism, Mahomes just switched and adapted and allowed his leadership to be his superpower. Yeah. Hertz had a perfect view of the levels to this quarterback positions by looking while that man was playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. A few that should be taking notes that I hope they weren't on vacation yet, uh, or if they were in their bungalow, I hope they switched the game on. Josh Allen. Yeah, that's the number one guy. Herbert. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And even Joe Burrow understands that there are more levels that he must obtain to reach whatever level we want to call this. If we want to call this a wizardry mode, sorcery mode, God mode, whatever we want to call this mode, final boss mode, Mm -hmm. that's where he is. And there's nobody with him. He stands alone. Mm -hmm. That We just need to see how long he stands alone for. Because if it goes on like this for another five, six, seven years, we're going to need to have the greatest of all time debate again. Hold on. I got some numbers for you. Mm-hmm. Mahomes is 14 to 10 when trailing by 10. No other quarterback has a winning percentage. Matter of fact, if you combine them all, they have a 37% winning percentage. Mahomes yeah. is 14 and 10. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, what was it? Uh, oh, the last eight league MVPs that made Super Bowl all lost. Mm-hmm. Mahomes went, uh-uh, not going to happen to me. We're going to win this football no. game. On one ankle. And then I'm going to leave you with these with these numbers, and you've seen them before, but five years as a starter, five years in the AFC Championship game, all at home, by the way, all home games. Mm-hmm. Three conference titles won, two Super Bowl victories, two Super Bowl MVPs. And the second time, <laughs> this is what I want to leave you with. Mm-hmm. Remember we made that comment about the sure bet Ryan Rosillo was talking about LeBron and and Tom Brady were as sure bet as we've had in, mm-hmm. the, in, the, in this century. Check this out. Yesterday, before this game was over, 26-1 and one were the teams who were leading by 10. The only person to have that victory, the blemish, was Tom Brady. Let's add Patrick Mahomes to that. 26-2 and two now. Yeah. He's starting. It's, listen, seven, bro, I don't know. Okay, I'm not telling you he's going to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's but what I'm, what I'm saying to you is that he's 27 and these these little little chunks of information 
that usually like stat muse and people have and everything that come up, mm-hmm. you're gonna see his name in there. Yeah. Because he's doing so much. Yeah, absolutely. He's gonna have his fingerprints on this league for a very, very long time. And I hope that people get used to it. Sorry, Pittsburgh Steeler fans. <laughs> Sorry to my mother. Sorry, New England fans. Uh Sorry, Bills Mafia. And sorry to the jungle. Yeah. You know, because this dude is this dude is gonna be great for a while. So he is, he is. Thank God you guys got good quarterbacks. Some mm-hmm. of you, not New England, not right now. What Bills do, and you know, Joe Burrow's awesome. So yeah. But uh this is gonna be wild for what you gotta think at least a good eight years, right? Yeah. You know? If Andy Reid was like fifty-three years old, I would be thinking seven might be uh, a very doable thing. The the only case I have that this might unravel at some level is the worry about Andy Reid. I have a I have a question for you or a thought for you. Yeah. Now, I know you wouldn't want this because you are a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. Yeah, yeah. Let's say Andy Reid does retire. Let's say the parade goes off, he gets home, has a quiet moment, says, you know what? This is a good way to go. Yeah. If I'm Veach and I'm Clark uh, Hunt, I get on the phone. I call my buddies, the Roonies. Oh, and I call, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. And I call San Francisco and I say, hey, listen, uh, how many first round draft picks for you coaches? Whoever, whoever blinks, that's the one I'm going to deal with. And uh, I'm going to have Shanahan or Tomlin as my coach and we keep this rolling. Yeah, I, I that's a dream scenario for that. No, I'm just asking a thought. Like, if you were in the position, let's say Andy Reid comes to you a week from now and says, Hey, man, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna ride off into the sunset. You got this quarterback who is 27 years old. You got to yeah. keep this momentum ro- rolling. I'm gonna ask him who he wants to coach a team if it was me. That's the very first thing I do. I would say, Pat, who do you, who would you like to replace Andy Reid? And I don't give a shit if he says Matt Nagy. That's the coach of my team. What happens if he says Bill Belichick? Oh, then then I'm calling and I I'll trade every pick away to get Bill Belichick if I need. Like if I was Veach and in that situation, and Pat Mahomes specifically said he wants this coach from this team, I'll get on the phone. I'll offer them every pick to do it. Definitely, I just specifically I know the the Roonies aren't going to let Tomlin out of the building, and uh, Kyle Shanahan I think has. Embedded himself into the fabric of the 49ers at this point. So I think that those ones would be really hard to break free. Can Veach call Los Angeles? Oh, that one. And call my guy Les Sneed. Yes, I think that one is much, much more uh, of a straight line. Oh, no. I I got a blockbuster trade for you. 
Mm-hmm. Not only do I want McVeigh, but I want Aaron Donald too. And I want oh, to pair with Chris I, Jones. <laughs> and I want to pair with Chris Jones. I'm, and I I'm want not to give sure you, like, you could get all that. You five first rounders. You can't trade five first rounders. Well, we need to figure three. some shit out. Uh, I, yeah, that's. Well, how many first rounders can we trade? Three? Three. Three. All right. Then second rounders, we're going to need those two. Yeah. Um, we might put off on some think... third and four rounders. Four <laughs> rounders. I, what about Lincoln Riley? I think that's a guy Mahomes might zero in on and he is definitely a guy NFL teams have wanted to bring in before. USC would be pissed. They they would be. They and would be. I would be so excited. Let's I, let's let's run that. Go ahead. Continue. I, I just think Lincoln Riley is is a guy who's worked with Pat Mo before and he's dead He's talked about having some level of interest in coaching at the NFL level in the past, but just like not necessarily seeing the right opportunities. If Pat Mahomes is phoning you to say, hey, come coach my team, then you can't ask for a better opportunity that exists. So if if the Chiefs call, Lincoln's coming. So and you don't got to trade any draft picks away to hire him. So that might be the guy I I target. I I I said the Matt Nagy thing on purpose though because Matt Nagy was the guy with the Chiefs who was like Patrick Mahomes, we need Patrick Mahomes if we're going to do anything we're drafting Patrick Mahomes. So I have a feeling he and Mahomes do have a relationship on some level that might have Mahomes interested in bringing Nagy back. So that Mahomes, that's like a worst case scenario name for you to look at. But I guess you never know. Some people are way better in their second sense than their first. But I, I would say that's like the bad replacement you can get. And I think Lincoln Riley is looking at the upside of who you could get. I think Mahomes could read the room and understand that he couldn't bring Matt Nagy into that locker room. But I like a lot your theory on Lincoln Riley twofold. One, cheaper draft Mm -hmm. equity is saved. Two, as a UCLA fan, I do not like USC. Yeah. And if we can get rid of Lincoln Riley, we will own Los Angeles until they get the new coach, whoever that will be. It'll probably be somebody else that I will have to worry about. (laughs) But I'm actually really worried about Lincoln because he's making serious inroads here in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, I like that theory a lot. So, coaching news, let's finish off with that. It looks like the coordinators for Philadelphia, both OC and DC, they look like they might have coaching jobs. Yeah, it seems like we're looking at Arizona hiring Steichen, the offensive coordinator, and Indian or no, sorry, it was Indianapolis hiring Steichen right. and right. Arizona hiring Gannon, the defensive coordinator. Uh, we Sirianni isn't as established a name uh, in coaching as 
some of these other guys we've had get to this level before. So that would be a concern for me that maybe they can't replace these two coordinators with uh, equal guys or in the locker room, be it uh, internal hires or external. But I I think I would remain optimistic at this point. It's just something that has a flag raised a little and might open up the NFC a little more next year. Give hope to all Cowboy fans out there with that. That's what you're doing. That's all <laughs> you're doing. Don't worry. I listen. I we don't. gotta. We gotta. We accept the Cowboy fans too. I I accept the Cowboys fans, but I I might not have the most hope if I was a Cowboys fan this year. Well, I mean, listen, <laughs> they did, if they're listening stuff. to the to the pot. If they're listening to the pot, I mean, we here usually try to have a a more holistic view. This is why we, you get this type of. Do. This is why you get this type of thought process in these podcasts that we can, yeah, we want to be able to rattle off numbers to you and, and have the statistics because that's a part of the picture. But the other part of the picture is successful teams have successful organizations and successful organizations have successful planning. And usually that is done by your front office, your front office, these two front offices, Veach and and uh, uh, my guy Howie Rosen, I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is next level stuff. Like this is the stuff that we we were talking about Chris Ballard for years, but he still hasn't gotten there. Yeah, he got all these picks, and everybody was loving him for all. The, and none of Rock Yassim, I'm still work. I'm still wondering if he's ever going to pan out. He he's in uh, Vegas now. I know. I'm just but, saying. Like this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I um I do like Ballard, but Veach has has gotten it right a lot, a yeah. lot. And Rosen, he had that bump in the road with the Carson Wentz thing. But I wonder again, and I hate to ba- bring up a basketball reference. Because of the fact that we kind of went through this last week, Carson Wentz to me, um, on a lower level, because he's definitely not Kyrie's talent. I wonder if that's the common denominator. If you think about it, uh, I Carson Wentz definitely having a negative impact in locker rooms is something I could acknowledge and could definitely be the case, but overall, like. Carson Wentz was good for Philadelphia after they drafted him. They made the right choice trading up for him to get him in the first place. He was borderline MVP before injuries, and then they traded him away and got a first-round pick in the deal. Roseman no, is basically a is just run back. No, I get what they're saying, but I like the pivot. When it was wrong and it didn't yeah. went south, he didn't yeah. wait. He didn't hesitate. He well, was just like, they, this is, we're gone. They, I, I've talked about my theory of them drafting a quarterback a few times, but if they don't draft a quarterback, that might even raise Howie Roseman's profile more in my head because I remember the quarterback factory slogan at the time that he kept pumping out there after drafting Jalen Hurts. It would be 
really funny if we found out now that no, 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 we never wanted to be a quarterback factory. We just couldn't tell you guys that Carson Wentz fucking sucks and we need his ass out of here. So we came up with some bullshit term to pump out to the media over and over, which is what it's felt like up to this point. But if he dips back into the quarterback pool, then we'll just tell that's a part of his style. He survived the Chip Kelly era in Philadelphia when they gave the entire reins of the organization to Chip Kelly and just told Howie to go sit in a corner, basically. And he persevered, lived through Chip Kelly, burning the hell out, and then built uh, multiple championship-level rosters. Like, Roseman might be the best in the business at this point. I We got to acknowledge this guy as an incredible team builder. I would agree as far as he's he's literally one of the best at doing it. And the other mm-hmm. thing that goes along with that is it's just, again, I, I bring to you again the importance of pivoting when you're wrong. Oh, yeah. People hold on to things and your ego and your pride gets in the, the way. fallacy. Yeah. And I'm trying to tell you right now, the ones that are really successful, they self-scout, mm-hmm. self-analysis. They do more work on themselves than they do on the rest of the league, mind you. And when they make a mistake, oh, no, we're not going to go ahead and this is going to be a three, four-year albatross around our neck. No, 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 no. Let's go. You got to get the hell up out of here. You don't got to go home, but you got to get the hell up out of (laughs) here. Again, NFL stands for not for long. And uh, Philadelphia also has really embraced and embodied that moniker as well to sit there and go, oh, you're a bad choice. What, uh, Rieger? Yeah, Rieger. Gone. Just kicked him out. Yeah. Wentz. Yeah, he he Oops. makes m- mistakes. They're definitely not the greatest uh, drafting organization. They've been good. Don't get me wrong. They've been above average. But specifically at that wide receiver position, they made have made mistake after mistake. With pump like, them out, man. Keep yeah, Rager out. over Jefferson or like uh, White Side over DK Metcalf. They they made multiple mistakes, but it seems they got it right with Devonta Smith. But and they then, kept going to the well. That's what I'm trying to say. Is they yeah. kept saying like, okay, we didn't get it right. We acknowledge mm-hmm. that we didn't get it right, Absolutely. and we're gonna go right back to the well. Yeah, and just figure it out, and they did. And then Devonta wasn't immediately the number one they needed, so they went out and got him. In uh, AJ Brown traded a first round pick to replace him and Tennessee regrets the hell out of that trade now. So once again, they're looking looking great kids. If we don't leave you with anything else, know thy self. Yeah. Anything else that we need to hit on before we go, the Super Bowl was awesome. Oh, question. Did you hit on the uh, national anthem pick or not? That's my question. Did you get to bet it? 
it, I didn't I didn't get the chance to bet it, but I believe I picked it to go over, and I think it did go over. It did. Yeah, I uh, I didn't actually even look at the line. I just like once as soon as I heard the guitar hit, I was like, okay, yeah, this is going way over, and yeah, it seemed like it definitely did. I didn't. I wasn't able to place a bet on it at my sports book though. Uh, Rihanna's uh, halftime show. Were you in on it? Was Shannon in on it? Uh, she liked it. She liked it. Uh, <laughs> I was watching it in a group with my friends. All my friends, first thing they say, she's pregnant. Shannon wasn't with me at the time, but first thing she texted me was Rihanna looks pregnant again. And then right after she announces her pregnancy. So I thought that was a, like a great moment for everyone to to kind of share together. Um just as a, a straight up singer, she's like one of the best in the world. Like you heard her delivery throughout with no backing tracks at time. And it sounds exactly like the record cut of her songs, which is like completely mind boggling to listen to someone like her be that impressive. I know the outfit change. Uh, the under <laughs> hit very hard on that one because there was no outfit changes. And uh, the musical guests having a complete lack of musical guests, I felt at the time, like coming into it, if you would have told me that, I would have felt it was a little disappointing. But just having kind of like Rihanna step back onto the stage and this kind of being like her reintroduction, being by herself, I kind of, it, it worked for me in the end. Just so you know, I missed the entire halftime show. I was outside. Listen, this this you can't <laughs> see it. This is a podcast, so this is a this is a, uh, a audio medium. But I'm showing Nico. There are like 14 pages of these bad boys. Yeah. So I took a get my mind right break. So I needed some time to rest the old limbs. But uh, that's fair. But yeah, the game was good. Uh, everything, I mean, enjoy it, folks. Now we have pivot to, to the draft. Yes. Yes. I'm excited. We got to start knocking in on some of these, uh, positions. Is there a group that you're excited about that you want to like tap in first or is there, Mm -hmm. is there an overall thing that you want to kind of go over with the draft? Uh, I think we could maybe start with like an overview and then go position by position afterwards. There are a couple positions that jump to mind for me that seems like it's a particularly strong interior offensive line group. It seems like it's a really interesting running back group. And it also seems like we might we might have a few defensive tackles, which we haven't had in a few drafts. It's been a while since we've had a stronger defensive tackle group. So I'm excited to dive into that more. So I haven't done the most film watching quite yet. I obviously I watched college football while the season was on, but watching draft film, I think is like a completely different animal. So uh, world. I, yeah, I still need to get ready to dive into that pretty soon here, but uh, yeah, I'd be excited to do an overview next week. All right. So that's what the, that's what the listeners have 
to look forward to and if there's any other news that we need to worry about oh quickly uh aaron Rodgers has uh completely lost his mind mm-hmm. uh, so he's he's gone down the kanye trail maybe a little less uh a less offending of, of a sect of people <laughs> maybe yeah but uh other than that pretty strange behavior from our man AR. Yeah. What up with that? I man, I don't know. It seems like he might get traded now. So maybe he's just trying to agitate his way out of town. Uh he is going straight down the far path though, because I I think it's the Jets if he does get traded. So and then will again. he will will he get to Minnesota? And then we have a division. In the end, I, I'm not sure if he'll get back to Minnesota. That would be perfect, though. I, I'd i love that. I'm in for the messiness. Mm-hmm, me I'm too. I'm in for the drama. It's going to be an exciting offseason for that, too, it seems. Especially with this Lamar stuff, it sounds like he could be traded. Well, we knew that all along, but they're admitting it. And the... Rodgers getting traded, a few more big quarterback moves. We got some teams like Miami to keep eyes on for making, jumping into the Derby. So I'm I'm definitely very interested. Yeah, and we broke that news uh, on this podcast, I want to say like three, four weeks ago with the Lamar thing. Oh. So uh, yeah, for if sure. you are looking for that pod, pod, I think it's called Lamar Tweet. So... <laughs> Uh, I would I would go back and listen to it to see if some of this information is right and see how long ago it was that this information was kind of gathered out there. So, um, you know, just saying. And with that being said, Nico, um, I want to thank yeah. you for joining me today. And uh, I look forward to a Friday pod that will be pretty interesting because the new guys are playing for their new teams. Yeah, we got a lot of a lot of teams to touch on. Right. And maybe maybe I'm going to want to touch on the team in Sacramento that's been incredibly impressive the last few weeks. We've had some great games from De'Aaron Fox that weren't necessarily anticipated beforehand and he's doing so on both sides of the ball which is very interesting and kind of what we hoped for when he was coming in as a prospect but to see him actually activate that two-way game at the NBA level has made me very excited to watch the Kings and De'Aaron Fox and makes me want to kind of to at least touch on them next episode. I want to watch a few more of their games and talk about this Kings team. Oh, yeah. So we will kind of do a look-see of some of these new guys on new teams, and we will light the freaking beam. Yes, sir. On this podcast. So, Sacktown, we are going to be looking at your squad. So get ready for us on Friday. And with that being said, along with the Canadian bomber, the Canadian shaman, 
the Canadian Bill Simmons, and now the Canadian native Mike Tomlin. Yeah. That's my guy. Nico Miatello. We are done, buddy. Yeah. Thanks so much. I'm glad everyone had a great Super Bowl and can't wait for next season. And with that, we're out. Enjoy your week. We'll be back on this feed on Friday. Enjoy your week. <laughs>